If you have your Bible this morning, we're turning to a, a very familiar portion of Scripture. And through this week, I've been reading a book. It's not a big book. I like the thin books. It doesn't take long uh, to read. And I've been reading a book called The Autopsy of the Church. Why in the world would any pastor want to read a book entitled The Autopsy of the Church? Well, if you would take a survey today, as this gentleman has, he's, uh, he go, comes into churches that are dying, to, and he begins to analyze what's going on inside of the church, and he begins to uh, give pointers on how to develop a church into a lively church, a growing church, a, a church that cares, a church that loves, and he makes the evaluation of why uh, many, uh, many churches in America are dying. And every, every year, there's over 10,000 churches that close their doors because of a spiritual death that's occurred. Well, I'm here, not here to talk about you, the past, and ne- neither am I here, here to talk about a dying church. I'm here to brag on you this morning because you're alive and well. And I'm telling you, you may have got tired just listening to the emotion of the announcements this morning. But I'm telling you, there's an energy in young people today that some, I don't know about you, but some of mine's got up and left. But, but with God's help, we're going to plug into everything that's, that we possibly can, and we're going to see some great things happen as we allow September to come to a close, should Jesus tarry. And we, you know, have you thought about this? What is today, the 24th? Is this the 24th? All right. It's just three months and a day till Christmas. <laughs> I knew that would bring you around. Now let's look to the Word of God. I want to read some familiar scripture. It's very familiar today, but I want to read it, and I want you, if you will, to forget what's going on after you leave the service, what you've encountered this week that may have tried to steal your joy. Uh, Nehemiah 8.10 in the Old Testament says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. And a merry heart does good like a medicine. So you've, if you've taken time to laugh this week, you've medicated your, your spirit, your soulish man, and your body. And today, God just wants to pour into you something that will, will help you no matter what you're facing in life. And that's the living Word of God. Matthew chapter 16, as we begin reading with verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he said to his disciples, or he said, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church in the gates of Hades. Hades means hell. This is the only problem I have, one of the problems I have with the New King James Vision. If you're going to call it like it is, it's, it's hell. Hades. Hades is a word that they're using as a substitute of that. That don't always go in on today as, a, as perfect language, but that's how it is. Verse 19 says, And I will give you the keys to the kingdom, and whoever, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Father, I ask you to anoint these lips of clay. I'm nothing without you, but with you nothing is impossible. Fathers, we break the bread of life, and, and you allow me to stand before some of the most awesome people that I've ever met. 
I ask you, Lord, your word says, out of my innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And I pray the Spirit of the Lord will just anoint this house of clay this morning. It's already inside of me. Lord, I just ask you for the ability to release it upon what you would have to say to this awesome group of people today. And when we leave here this morning, may we say, say it was good, it was real good to be in your house this morning, Lord. And for these things, we give all the praise to you in Jesus' name. And all of God's family said, Amen. This scripture is about the church and who it is that builds it. And as we look at the scripture this morning, I see Jesus as he's giving a little pop quiz to his disciples. Who do people say that I am? Most of us know there are people that will identify us and they will really explain to other, uh, other people that are not our relationship, maybe not our close friend. They will try to explain who we really are. And that's okay. That's their perspective. But then after Jesus asked his disciples, he said, but who do you say that I am? And then it's when Peter stepped to the podium in his spiritual walk with God, and he said, I know who you are. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And immediately Jesus responded to this. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but the, my Father in heaven. And then because of his confession, because of his confession, you, did you hear about the, the power of words tonight? If you haven't really taken on the thought of the power, power of your words, I want especially, even though Sherry and I are going to be leading a group, I'm going to see that she goes to that group. No, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please don't leave the service, hon. The power of, notice what Jesus said when Simon says, I, Simon Peter says, I know who you are. Why would Simon answer this way? Because he was a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know if you're born again today, if you've asked Jesus into your life, you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? You're not a religious person. You're just following Jesus. Why do we follow Jesus? Because in all of our ways, when we acknowledge him, he said, I'll direct your path. And I don't know about you, but in a mixed-up world in which we live today, I need direction every day. I want to stay on the right road. I don't enjoy being lost. Let me ask the men, have you ever taking your wife somewhere you've been before she's never been and about 30 minutes into the uh, into the journey you realize you're lost but how many are like your pastor I'd rather do anything besides admit that I'm lost we were in California one evening I was taking Sherry to Hollywood I'd been there several times I knew exactly how to get there but about 30 minutes into the journey I knew I was lost and my wife says, are you sure? You, only, you said it would only take this much time, and we're already past that time limit. Are you sure that, that we're on the right road? Oh, I'm sure that we're on the right road. 30 minutes later, I pulled into a, a 7-Eleven. I said, I'm looking for a, a 77 Sunset Strip. Well, about 45 minutes ago, you passed that strip. Just turn around and go back. You know, the hardest thing was to get in that, that truck and admit you didn't think I had that problem, did you? We all hate to admit we're lost. So we trucked it back, and all the time I was saying, yeah, you knew where you were going. Sure you did. Listen, when Jesus asked Simon Peter, who do you say that I am? He immediately, out of his innermost being, said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And notice how Jesus answered him, flesh and blood, 
Your flesh and blood doesn't tell you everything. God has placed inside of us the Holy Spirit. And the day we became followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, He gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. But in, in, in spite of what He's done for us, we still get lost and off the road sometimes as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as I, as I was studying and looking at this Scripture, and I, I see the follow-up, and, and Jesus says, Peter... Because of your confession, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to let you know that upon this rock, I'm the builder of the church. And not only am I the builder of the church, the gates of hell will not destroy the church. And then notice after Jesus takes on his responsibility, then he, he, he looks at Peter with this responsibility. And he said, uh, and as he addresses Peter he says I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven now I don't know about you but that's big responsibility Jesus is already unraveled I'm I'm the builder of the church don't try to take credit for the good things that's going on just follow me just acknowledge me because I'm the chief cornerstone of every church and and the greatest thing you need to do Peter is stay focused on me because I'm going to give you the right keys and the doors that you open no man can close and the doors that I close no man can open just don't take credit for it you be sure and give me all the praise and the glory except the Lord build the house, our labor is in vain. And notice, as he said, I give you the keys. What does keys represent? It means authority. And, and Jesus wanted Peter to know he was an outward person. He got caught in his own web many times bragging, and, and his mouth overloaded his, his life sometimes. But Jesus addresses him with this responsibility. Here's the keys, Peter, to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, the, probably the loosest part of our life is our tongue. Proverbs eighteen twenty one, and I, I have to remind myself of this quite often. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. How many besides your pastor have been, there have been days if you could just take back what you said? I know I'm just preaching to myself, but, I, but just, just smile at me. I know you've never had to do this. Just smile. Just, just, the, those are some of the hardest times in our life. But you know what? Jesus, and, and it, even in the Word, he said, we've given put bridles in the horse's mouth. We, we teach horses what woe is all about. But then we deal with the most unruly part of our life, and that's our tongue. But you know, God, as he looked upon Peter's, Simon Peter's life, he knew that he had an unruly tongue. He knew that he, he was still in the rough. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you responsibility, and then I'm going to, I'm going to go and take care of my business, and, and Peter, I want you to know you've got the key, buddy. I'm trusting you. Did you know the greatest asset that you and I can have in our journey of life is trusting the Lord? Just trusting the Lord. When we've asked the Lord for a petition and it lines up with the Word of God, that waiting point is waiting moment, and sometimes it goes from minutes into days, sometimes into weeks, sometimes into months, and sometimes into years. Just waiting. Lord, I know I've, I've, I've confessed what your Word is all about, and I've, I've, I have clean hands and pure heart. I ask you every day to wash me, to cleanse me, and your blood flows through my veins. Lord, today, give me the strength to call patience to wait. 
And before we look at the history book of the church today and what is happening to our church world, I want to talk to you people because you're special. As your shepherd, I always want you to know the greatest food that you can eat that will cause your spirit to grow and be full of wisdom is the Word of God. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light to our pathway. And when we meditate upon God's Word, the Bible says we can, in Psalms chapter 1, we can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. All through the Bible, it talks about types and shadows, and trees are a type of you and me. And God wants you to know you can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that that does not wilt in dry seasons, but it brings forth its fruit. And God wants me to tell you this morning, you are a very fruitful tree. And you know what? God is making sure that you're planted in the right place this morning. And as we look at this scripture today, after, after we see that God has spoke to Simon Barjona, it doesn't say that he got his act together. He went on and making mistakes. But you know what? Let's just look at it this way. The church is built with building blocks. And all of us are blocks that build the church. Jesus is the one that fits us together, but we're all part of the building of Jesus Christ. And you know, while we look on the exterior of of facilities like this, and we drive through cities, and we see uh, uh, structures of all sizes made out of different materials, it's not the structure that's really the church. It's not the building we're in this morning. It's you and I. We're building blocks of the church and God has called us, and he's strengthened us, and because we made a decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ, he too has given us the keys to the kingdom, and he wants you to know that you have the right to bind anything that comes against your life that's not in line with the word of God, and he's given you the power to loose everything that the enemy's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and Simon Peter is just, just a, a, a revelation of what God wants to do in all of our lives. And when we're going through the struggles of life, many times we don't confess what God has to say about it. If you're not very careful, we're all human. We confess how, what, how we see it. We confess how we feel. We confess, you know, I'm just a, I just don't feel like I'm really getting the job done. Or, or maybe you've came to a place where you're employed, and, you, and I'm telling you, the place just smells awful every time you walk in. Or maybe there's somebody on the job today that you're really having a problem of coping with. Or maybe, maybe let's just get a little closer. Maybe, maybe it's in the financial world and, and things just aren't going good there. And I mean, it, life just comes to a place that uh, if, you, if, it, if it wasn't just for a few things, you could just throw in the towel and quit. That's where God wants to meet you this morning. He wants to develop you into a person so that when things are going the wrong direction, so that when we've lost everything and and it seems like the things that we used to do don't work anymore, that's when God wants to step into our life. And he wants to learn scriptures like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How about 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And if you're like me and you still complain after you realize and remind yourself that you're a new creature, just keep saying that word. Just get it from your mouth into your heart so that you begin to act on what God's word has to say. Does it come easy? No, it's hard work. It's hard work. I don't know about you, but I struggle with memory work in in school. And when it came to uh, 
memorizing God's Word. It was a struggle at first. Then I said, God, I can't do it without your help. And he plugged into me, and he gave me the ability, and I can do a little of it today because of him, not because of me. I have nothing to brag about. I'm just a house made of clay. The Bible says my spirit lives in a tent. A tent doesn't have much to offer as far as beauty, does it? Oh, come on. If you're here today and you feel like your tent has fell in on you, we've all had that feeling. But you know, I'm going to say this. You can't live by your feelings. Your feelings are like mine. They're fickle and they'll lie to you many times. And, and the enemy loves for you to live by your feelings. I'm telling you, Sherry taught me a long time ago not to live by my feelings. And she's still having to... She's, there's days that I flunk, and she has to refurbish my mental ability so that I can realize I don't walk by feelings. I walk by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself a, and, and handed me the keys. And he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And the biggest battle that I have is with myself. You know what? The Bible says, know you not, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? God hadn't called me to clean your temple. He's called me to clean mine. And then he said, when, I'm, when I've got my house clean, he said, let your light so shine that others may see the good works in you and glorify me, not you. And it's all about him, friend. It's all about him. And we're all building blocks today. There's no big blocks and little blocks. We're just all blocks, and, and God fit joins us together so that we can have a make a difference in this world and he wants to first begin at our house he wants to begin in the house where we live he wants to live in a house where we call home and sometimes our house gets a little shabby sometimes sometimes ladies have you noticed you don't have to do anything you don't have to have a house full of company you really don't have to do anything for your house to get dirty do you not really no, it just, it just has a tendency to get dirty. And you know what? Even as Christians, even as Christians, if we allow our spiritual house just to go for a few days, you know, after a while, it, it, um, it, it just gets dirty. And that's the reason Jesus wants to have a daily encounter with all of us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to love us. He wants to tell us his unconditional love reaches beyond boundaries and barriers and walls. And, and while we were yet unlovable, we can always be brought to the point where when Jesus took us in and, and we became the children of God, he adopted us from now till eternity. And while we said no to our, our closest of kin, Jesus will never bring us to the point we're, we're separated from him. God has so many good things. And he wants me to tell you this morning, no matter where you're at in a journey of life, no matter what your challenge may be this morning, in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, he says, don't lose heart. And the reason this scripture means so much to me is I was raised in a Pentecostal home, and I had a dad that knew how to pray an hour a day, and, and he studied it at night, and he, he visited the hospitals, and he visited the shut-ins, and he had time to go to the jails, and he even had a street corner ministry on Saturday. And they, even though it was embarrassing, I went with him. And he'd start playing on a record player that was plugged into a 12-volt system on his in his car he'd let he would open the doors and he would set the speakers on top of his car and and he would start 
playing the Stamps Quartet music, and people would begin to gather. I'll never forget his first pastoral was in Fletcher, Oklahoma. It, it had been a church when the pastor would leave town. He'd just say, I'm locking the doors. When I get back from California, we'll have church again. And, boy, people didn't know whether he was going to have church the next Sunday or the next month. But my dad felt the calling to go there, and, and he immediately started street, street service. And I, I, I thought as a little, little child, Daddy, why do you do this? And even the barber, where the only barber shop in Fletcher, Oklahoma, had a barber that, I mean, not only did he cut my dad's hair, but he, he told, told my dad what he thought about Christianity. And, and, uh, and for a year, my dad, every time he knew he needed a haircut, this barber was ready for him. And he just told him how many in the church had, made, had moral failures and how many preachers had had to leave town. And I mean, he could dig up more garbage than Carter has liver pills. But my dad didn't stop getting a haircut, even though he knew what he was going to hear when he went to the barber shop. He went in one morning to get his haircut. And Curly says, uh, Preacher, you, you plugged into the funeral home for a year, and I'm getting to where I can't hear you. From now on, would you park in front of my barbershop so I can hear what you have to say? Listen to me. How many times have we met Curly in our life and just shut Curly off instead of going back? You know what? In every person, I don't care who they are, there's something good that God has deposited in them. And God may just have put them in your life so that you can learn to grow in love and grow in wisdom. And one day you'll see the fruits of your life because Jesus has planted you by the rivers of life. And he said, you're, you're, you're like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth the fruit of the seeds and its leaf shall not wither and whatever he does it shall prosper. I can tell you, I have wilted leaves many times. You know, I, I, have, I have actually accepted what people said uh, the first time about me. You know, I don't, have, I don't have time for you. Don't come to my home anymore. I've even, I've, people have even walked out of this building, and when I'd reach out to shake their hand, they'd just walk right by me. You know what? God wants you to know we're not moved by feelings. We're moved by His Spirit. And God wants you to know that Spirit has been deposited in you if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. The question is, are you allowing it to develop you into a live tree that brings forth fruit in this season? Are you allowing His Spirit to rise within you so that you can mount up with wings as eagles? You can run and not be weary. You can walk and faint when the going gets tough. I love this church today. You know, my, my, this was a vision, and God developed this vision and he brought it out here in the pasture this was a it began with a, a vision then one day I drove up on the facility in Elk City the first Christian church that had this facility built and then I began to dream and I began to dream I began to pray and and this is a reality of what happened over 20 years ago you know some sometimes in our discouraging moments sometimes in our challenging moments sometimes when we just feel like christianity doesn't pay and being a follower of jesus doesn't really pay that's the time we need to get alone with god and say god let me dream again lord let me see let me see some good things happening let me see what you've got coming down the road let me see my life and what you want to do in it and the things in my life that you want to discard and do away with i'll give it up at any cost I was reading this week about a man by the name of Harry Truman. How many have heard the name Harry Truman? Well, this was not a President Truman. It was, uh, it was let me find his first name. Uh, it was 
Harry Randall Truman. He never lived in the, in the White House, but he was a landowner. He was a homeowner at the foot of Mount St. Helen in Washington State. And in 1980, the people who studies the volcano action in that area, it came to Harry Truman and said, Harry, there's going to be a volcano eruption one of these days, and you need to start thinking about moving because the, uh, you're going to be right in line with the, where the hot la lava, lava from this, this uh, volcano flows. And, and we don't want you destroyed. We, we, we're telling you now while the going is good, you need to move. And, and as a government officials tried to persuade him to leave and his friends talked to him, he failed to move. And, and they kept telling him, Su your suicide is guaranteed. And on May the 18th, 1980, a massive eruption took place and the lava flowed right in the projected path of his home. On May the 18th, 1980, Harry Truman died. He just couldn't let go of his home even if it meant certain death. Can I tell you this morning, I see a lot of people that are hanging on to hurts of yesterday. Somebody wounded them and they just can't turn it loose. Somebody lied to them and they re resist going around them. And, 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 and even in the ministry, this is a battle we all fight. But Jesus says, fight the good fight of faith, for we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And listen, sometimes there are times we just have to turn loose and take it by faith that God's going to do what he says he'll do. And in Romans eight twenty eight, he says, I'll work it out for your good if you'll just turn loose and let go. But God can never bless this. He can only bless this and I can tell you because I've had to practice it all of my life and in our journey of life it's always about turning loose and and sometimes it's some some of our prized possessions sometimes it's things that we really mean a lot to us but when you hear the words if you'll let me I'll help you and the first help that I've heard from the Lord many times was turn loose I had one of the most beautiful gold wing anniversary editions that I could own. When I was, Sherry and I was dating, I, I was fortunate until I was of age to have a Henry J. I had a bicycle. My brothers under me, uh, be, below me in age, they, uh, they were Sherry's twin brother's age, and they all started out with Cushman Eagles. How many remember what a Cushman Eagle looked like? Oh, man, I tried not to show it, but my, I was envious of those guys. I started out on an $8.50 bicycle, and they're starting out with a Cushman Eagle. That isn't fair. However, as, as, as time went along, uh, I enjoyed the little Henry J, and I graduated into a, a Ford product, and, I, and God just blessed me. And, and uh, one day I just totally forgot about Cushman Eagles. And every now and then I, I'd see one and I thought, why did I ever lust for a Cushman Eagle? And, and you know, I just began to ask myself, what was there so, so attractive about a Cushman Eagle? A little scrawny, little scooter. <laughs> Which you, at one time, I mean, it looked, it looked like a monster. But the older I got, the smaller it became. And one day it just didn't really move me. But I'll have to say this, this gold wing was a prized possession. And uh, about five years ago, I told Sherry, I said, you know, 
my riding days are about over. And she, I said, I think I'll just sell it. And she looked at me, uh, and, and these are the words she said. I'd think that over before I did that. That'll probably be the last one you'll have. Man, that was like an arrow going through me. <laughs> last one? What do you mean? Go look in the mirror. So I, she, she, with these convincing words, I didn't sell it. But this past year, snow was blowing. It was cold weather, and there was three or four, three motorcycles on, on. It wasn't the snow wasn't blowing when I, I drove my motorcycle over there. But I, I, I set it on Main Street, and uh, out of those three or four, it was the first one to leave. And you know, I really, I, I just set it over there thinking that nobody would want it. And this guy called me one day, and he says, how much, for the, how much for the gold wing? And I said, if you're really interested, I'll tell you. If you're not, uh, let's just sign off. No, he said, I'm interested. And I told him how many $100 bills it would take to buy that. It wasn't motorcycle weather yet. And he said, can you meet me there tomorrow at 4 o'clock? My heart went... <laughs> What if he does? <laughs> and my flesh says, he probably won't. Next evening, 4 o'clock, I parked on Main Street next to where the bike was. I had the key. I made sure that it would start. Everything was, the, the cassette player was working. And, I mean, all the lights were flashing. And, and this pickup drives up. And uh, he walks around the bike. And he looks it all over. And he said, you said so many uh, $100 bills. He said, would you take a check? I said, no. It's not that I don't trust you. I, I just want the $100 bills. And he reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out an envelope, and he says, there they are. And immediately I realized I had turned loose on my prized possession. I uh, drove home uh, that day realizing that I had turned loose of something that uh, had meant a lot to me. But, uh, you know, the other thing I realized is that I'm not uh, 40 anymore. And that burger got pretty top-heavy at times. Maybe the load you're carrying this morning is a little top-heavy. Maybe the challenge of what has meant a lot to you is about to get you down. Maybe the struggles that we all go through are really, really talking to you this morning. I have encouraging words for you. Don't be afraid to trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't be afraid to put your understanding aside and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Would you send me a confirmation that this is what I'm supposed to do? And I'm telling you, God is not slack concerning his promises. He'll give you a sign, and, then you'll, and, and if you're like me, you'll say, Lord, if that's really you, would you give me another sign? And he gives you another sign. You say, Lord, if that's really, really you, will you give me another sign? You know, God is so long-suffering to people like me. I'm like the guy that uh, went on a diet. He said, I'll never eat, eat any more Krispy Kremes. And as he went to work that morning, the Krispy Kreme shop was on the corner. And, it, and, and he looked at that Krispy Kreme store, and he said, Lord, I'm going to circle a block if it's not your will for me to uh, quit Krispy Kremes. Let there be a parking, lot, parking spot right in front of Krispy Kremes. And the eighth time he circled, there was a parking spot right where he needed it. We're all human, aren't we? We're all human. The revelation that God wants to reveal himself to, to all of us is the revelation that he gave 
to Simon Peter. He wants us to lose, he wants us to lose the fact or, or turn loose of the fact that, that uh, we can't make it at times if we don't hang on to what brings security to us whether it's money, whether it's property, whether it's a job we have. It, it just seems like if we turn loose and that don't work, we're in real trouble. Well, that's the time that God wants to reveal himself to us. And what the Lord is saying in the Scripture to, to Simon Peter was this. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. The things you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What he was developing is revelation knowledge to Simon Simon, I want you to look at all the opportunities of life. I want you to have a revelation knowledge that I'm trusting you, and you've got the key, and you can open the door of opportunity. You can, you can go places you couldn't go without the key, and I, I'm trusting you. I'm putting my total trust in you because you're one of the building blocks of the church. You know, today, I, I am so excited about what God is doing through our church. The, the churches that are are closing or churches that have no outreach they have no vision for the community they still want to do it like they did it 20 years ago they still want to do the same old same old that's not working and day by day the congregation gets smaller I, I i want to promise you it's been 30 years since i've heard these words we just never did do it that way 30 years i'm telling you this is heaven on earth when you come to church and you don't have to hear, we just never had to do it that way. I just don't think it'll work. Listen, if God's saying it, it'll work. And the churches that are, 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 are shriveling up are churches that have no outreach. They're not interested in the community. They're interested in security, just me, myself, and I. And let's just, because times are hard, times are difficult, we have no guarantee of what's going to happen. Our religious freedom could be taken away. Let's just, let's just build three tabernacles here, and let's just play it real safe. We don't want to walk by faith. We want to walk by sight. And everything they see is not working in today's world. Afraid to change. Listen to me. I may be a, a few days older than you, but I'm not afraid to change. God changes my thought life every day. He changes my attitude every day. And because he's, an, he's made a new creature out of me, and I'm uh, flexible to follow him, and I'm flexible to change my mind, even if it does take Sherry's endorsement, I can change my mind. And her and God have a big deal going. And let me tell you, men, she can tell you where this scripture is found. If you're not good to your wife, your prayers will be hindered. Well, there's some solemn men looking my way right now. Don't be afraid to change. You're a building block. People watch what we do more than what we say. And listen, most of your neighbors know where you're at today. And this church needs more building blocks. The, the, the vision of this church is to reach out to the young people, the kids that, that don't have a shot in life. Or one of our bands is going to all the out-of-town football games and kids that have never left, left town because they're a foster child or have parents that don't really care are having a ride to the ball games. And, 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 and we're seeing things happen and developing in this church all because there's a vision. And there, the Bible says where there's no vision, people perish. I want to share this with you this morning in closing. God's using you to share the vision too. If you're involved in any outreach of this church, your building block is being watched by the community. If you're involved in anything going on, 
you're a building block and causing this church to go from good to better. And, and good or better is an enemy to excellence. So we'll never reach the plateau that God has for us. But let me tell you, we're working on it. If you don't believe that, you should re-listen uh, re to the announcements that's going on. And God wants me to tell you he needs more building blocks. And we all have friends this morning that aren't plugged into God's plan. Listen today. The good part about being a part of God's family is the day we committed our life to Jesus we became heaven-bound. Let me ask you, how many friends do you know that aren't heaven-bound today? How many friends do you have today that don't know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins? Let me ask it this way. How many friends do you have that have heard about the cross of Calvary and, and the shedding blood of Jesus, but they've never asked Jesus into their life? Well, the reason you know those people is because you're a building block to the church of Jesus Christ, and he wants you to let your light so shine so they'll see Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, that makes us not ashamed. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. That everyone is a universal. And God wants me to tell you, he's not willing that any should perish. And I hear this quite often. You know, it's wake-up time in America. It's wake-up time in America. All the earthquakes and all the famines, all, and, and God's mad at America. No, he's not mad at America. Jesus settled account. God was angry with man after Adam and Eve see, sinned in the garden. But you know what? The only, the only person that could bridge the, the relationship between you and I and God was Jesus Christ. And Jesus, God sacrificed the only son that he had, and he bridged the gap. He satisfied the anger in God. God one time looked upon the failure of man, and he said, I wish that I had never, ever created man. But today, the account is settled, and he's glad you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And he's glad that you're in his house this morning. And he's glad you've become a child of God. He's glad that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. He's glad that you're part of the pillars of the church. And he promised, what Jesus promised Simon is exactly what he wants to t tell you this morning. He's building his church. He's counting on you and 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 you as building blocks. And he, here's all he asks. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. Just follow me. Just follow me. And being follower of Jesus Christ is one of the greatest things that we can be a part of. So we close this morning. I, I've, been, I've been talking to myself this week. The psalmist David learned to encourage himself in the Lord. And as a, as a pillar in the church, as a, as a building block in the church, listen, don't wait for somebody to come by and encourage you. Spend time each day with the Lord. When you spend time in the Word, you're spending time with the Lord. And let Him encourage your heart. The Word is sent not only to be a lamp in our feet, a light to our pathway, but it's been sent to nourish our spirit so that we, we can be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Now I've asked the Lord to, just to pa this past week, God, open my eyes that I may see Elm Grove as you see it. Let me see changes in my own life. Even if it's painful to me, use me as an instrument that can change no matter what the cost may be. I don't know about you, but that hurts when I say it. 
And then I have prayer commitment number two. God, please let me be a part of the solution and not the problem. Show me what I need to see and open my eyes to your reality and give me the courage to move forward in the direction you desire. And let me tell you something. The church of Jesus Christ is moving forward. We're forgetting what's behind. We're laying aside the hurts of bad feelings. We're laying those sides behind because the enemy wants to steal your future and your destiny by just distracting you into looking back. You remember what happened to Lot's wife when she looked back? Well, let me tell you, Lot went on without a wife. Looking back has no future. No turning back. No turning back. And for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he never looked back. And today, he's seated at the right hand of the Father and here's what he's doing. He's making intercession for you and me. You know why? Because you're the building block of the church. Don't ever let the enemy sell you short. You're, you're, you're a valuable part of God's plan today. Don't ever let the enemy kick you out of the wall of God's church and say they don't, do, they don't appreciate what you're doing. I can tell you the, the devil lies more to the church than he does anyone else. You know why? Because you, today you accepted Christ. He lost the battle. Oh, there's, there's victories sometimes that, that, that he seems to have. He, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And there's times he steals our joy. He steals our peace. But I can tell you, Jesus settled it all, and you win. So don't buy into the enemy. Find the truth. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. And the truth is wrapped up right here. That's a reason we call this church a full gospel church. We don't... We don't go through the Bible and say, well, I don't like that part, so I'm going to skip that. I'm, we're not going to accept that. Listen, we believe this from cover to cover. It's infallible word of truth. It's God's word. And he used different authors, but I'm telling you, every word that the author used came from God. We're full gospel. We believe that the Old Testament was, is the foundation for the New Testament. And the New Testament church is, is people like you. And God is building a church. And my vision is this. And I've saw it happen, not in church services, but I've saw it happen in many funerals. In fact, one of the last funerals we had in this church, one of the friends of the deceased had his nice golf cart. He trucked people for almost a half a mile south of this church and brought them and let them out at the door. And I saw this facility packed to capacity. You know what? As we see the times approaching and the times that are so filled with problems, and we see how, how things are shaking. The things that are shaking are being shaken. And the things that can't be shaken is the church. And as we see the end times approaching, I see this building filled again with capacity, not because we're celebrating uh, a death of somebody in the community, but we've come to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're, we come to celebrate that our name is written in the book of life. We come to celebrate the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. We, we come to celebrate that there's victory in Jesus. And we heard the old, old story, how he came from glory. He came for you and me. And I encourage you with this word, hang on to Jesus and let him hang on to you. Trust him with all your heart. Don't try to figure it all out. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. I want you to bow your head this morning. Father, I thank you today. Not only are you the author and the finisher of our faith, but you're touched by the feeling of our infirmities. You know every hurt that we have, Lord, and we've all been hurt. 
You know, the wounds, Lord, and we've all been wounded, not in the form and fashion that you have. You have scars where the sword, where the spear pierced your side. You have the place in your forehead where the crown of thorns was placed very heavily upon your head. And you had the nail prints in your hand to prove that you did have spikes driven through your hands that nailed you to the tree. But Lord, the greatest sign was this. You paid the price so that we could go free. I'm glad today that you call me, Lord. This wasn't my idea. It was your idea. But I'm glad that I yielded to the call and I came to you. And Lord, here I am today still being used by you. I release you this morning to touch every heart and life of every individual that's in this building today. Lord, today, to those that are struggling with issues, Lord, that's hard to turn loose of. May, Lord, I, I just ask you to give them the strength to exercise the faith to believe that with you nothing is impossible. Let them realize what your word says. He that cometh to me must believe that I am and that I am a rewarder of those that will diligently trust me. Let them realize, Lord, those things that they're hanging on, if, they're, if it's baggage, if it's keeping them from enjoying a freedom, Lord, a free life, a free life to just enjoy the blessings of the Lord, to enjoy their family, their grandkids, or just something in their life, Lord, that just contaminated them to the point that most of their hope is gone. Holy Spirit, would you speak to those people today? Let them realize that their future is looking great. Lord, let them realize a vision of, of what's in store for them can be much more than what they've left behind. Most of all, as Christians today, open our eyes that we can see the plan that you have for us. And from this day forward, Lord, let us make a commitment in prayer. Lord, it's, it's first you and everything I need to turn loose of. Lord, I'm willing to turn loose no matter what it may cost me. Because I want to be a follower. I want to finish strong, Lord. And I want to be, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want anything to can't contaminate my life. No sin, Lord, no unforgiveness. I just, I just want to, I just want to keep following you, Lord. I just praise you for the opportunity you've given us to be together today. May the words that have been spoken minister strength and courage to this congregation today, and we give all the praise to you in Jesus' name. We pray, and everybody said, Amen.